Hello and welcome to Invisible Tears. I'm Jane, host of Invisible Tears. I'm here today with Amanda. She is the producer and editor and co-host and my life coach. And I could go on and on and on. She is here with me today. Today we don't have Drew. No. I think he had a honeydew list. To, he had to <laughs> take care of today. <laughs> he did. He had to do a whole bunch of errands. Otherwise, he would have loved to have jump on, jumped on um, to this case overview that we're actually going to be doing today. Well, we miss him. We always miss him. Yes. So how has your week been? Ooh, my week has been... My week has been really busy. And unfortunately, I am now coming down with the sickness that succumbs to <laughs> with the sickness that my household had and has had for over the um, for like the past like week and a half. So unfortunately, it's just been busy and we've been dealing with some sickness, but hopefully everything will pass and, and we'll get through it quick. How have you been, Jane? I have been been busy. I have been very busy. I got a little story. Ooh, <laughs> I, I love story time. I want to do some shout outs. <laughs> there we, um, go. we do this podcast to get stories out hmm. and especially to get my story out. And this past weekend, it's, of course, it's Christmas season. Mm -hmm. So me and Dennis were out doing a little bit of Christmas shopping. And we go to this store whenever we can in Walpole, New Hampshire. It's called Mr. G's. Mm -hmm. It's a discount store. Mm -hmm. And I know people are thinking, oh, she's doing her own podcast and she goes to a discount store. Let me mind you people, <laughs> podcasting doesn't pay crap right now. <laughs> <laughs> I discount shop all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm, in, I'm in Mr. G's in Walpole, New Hampshire, doing some shopping. And um, I see these two girls keep peeking down the aisle that I'm at, that I'm in. And then they go, they peek down, look at me, and then they turn around and they start chit-chatting with each other. I didn't really think anything of it. And they were, they were workers there. They, mm -hmm. they work at Mr. G's. And then next thing I know, they come down the aisle and they're like, are you Jane? <laughs> I said, I am Jane. And they said, oh my gosh, we listen to your podcast. We follow you. Your podcast is awesome. It's so real. At first, they weren't sure. One of them wasn't sure if it was me. And... The other one, I was wearing my Chaos and Kindness sweatshirt. So the other one says, oh, she's wearing Chaos and Kindness. We know that she loves Chaos and Kindness. So it's got to be her. Got to be Jane. So that's when, they, that's when they they approached me. It was so cute. So um, talked to them for a few minutes and they actually love my podcast, our podcast. And uh, they, they listen to every episode and it's so awesome. So their names, and I wanted to do a shout out to them. Their names is Heather and Kim. Mm -hmm. uh, visit them at Mr. G's in Walpole, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. um, they're the nicest girls. They were so sweet. We did a selfie together. I just want to thank them for following our podcast and listening yeah. and liking it. And, um, you know, if you're out there and you like my, our podcast and you like what we're doing, share it. Yeah. Let your family and friends know that mm -hmm. you're listening to our podcast, that you like our podcast. Uh, go to our Facebook page and like mm -hmm. our page. Um, that really gives us a good idea on really who's listening to our podcast. And um, if you want to hear something different, if you want to hear 
um, a, a cover a story or cover an unsolved um, murder or unsolved case, let us know. Message Absolutely. us. Yep. Um, but subscribe to our podcast. Help us out a little bit. Uh, I did post something on Facebook this week asking people to share our, our Facebook page, Invisible Tears face, Facebook page. We'd like to hit a thousand followers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have quite a few downloads every month for uh, the podcast, but um, our, our Facebook page don't have that many followers. And mm-hmm. yeah, go to our Facebook page, please hit like, share it, mm-hmm. uh, let people know that, you know, we're out there doing these stories because we do it for you mm-hmm. and, you know, and we do it for the families of these, these victims of these unsolved cases. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you listen and you get somebody else to listen, this gets their story out. Yeah. This gets, this lets people know that these cases are unsolved because that's what we cover. We cover unsolved cases. Right. You know, this really helps everybody all the way around mm-hmm. and the families appreciate it mm-hmm. uh, because they don't want their loved ones to be forgotten. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it so that these unsolved cases are not forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you follow us, uh, share, let yeah. people know yeah. and go to our Facebook page and just hit like, yep. you know, <laughs> we, we'd love to hit a thousand. I mean, yeah. like. You know, we've been we've had that Facebook for two years and still haven't hit a thousand. So I think maybe it's because people don't know that the page is there. True. I don't know. Yep. So, um, yeah. In our episode description, we actually have a link tree where you can actually not just see all of the platforms where we actually put our podcast because we're everywhere. Right. We're on Apple, Spotify, we're on we're everywhere where you can listen to a podcast in that link tree. It also links to every single one of our social medias, too. So, I mean, we have a Facebook and Instagram, a TikTok. One of the other things that will actually help our podcast too and possibly get us in like the carousels, like the featured carousels on the different platforms is to rate us actually on the podcast as well. So if you're listening, you love our podcast, make sure you go in and and give us a five star. Yeah. Rate us, you know, help us out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Help spread the word. And we appreciate it. We do. And Kim and Heather, I love meeting you guys. You guys are the cutest. I'm Here's your shout out. Thank I'm, you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us. I'm going to have to go up to Mr. G's and Walpole now and hope they're working. Like, <laughs> hey guys, thank you. <laughs> they probably recognize you too. <laughs> Maybe. So, so with that aside, this episode is going to cover Craig Lane. Mm-hmm. I have received so many emails asking me to cover his case, cover his story. These emails are like so heartwarming and like people cared about this person. Um, So let's dive into it. His name was Craig Lane. He was 17 years old. And on January 8th, 1989, he was murdered. Mm -hmm. And his case still remains unsolved. Um, If you want to go into the details of what happened to him. Yeah, I can go into a little bit more of the details of what happened to him. So yeah, so as Jane said, on January 8th, 1989, Craig Lane, he was also known as Buddy to friends at only 17 years old. He was about a half an hour from finishing his shift at the Texaco station on Route 
202 in Peterborough when he was killed in an apparent robbery. Peterborough, New Hampshire. Yes. I'm sorry. Peterborough, New Hampshire. In this robbery, in this apparent robbery, um, Craig was stabbed once in the chest and six times in the throat. Craig worked in this um, booth at mm-hmm. the gas station and this assailant had entered and there was a bit of a struggle, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ended up uh, stabbing him and stole some money. So the potential witnesses. So a Massachusetts resident whose name was John Carter, he was driving down Route 202 with his daughter when he nearly hit a man running across the street coming from the Texaco station where Craig had just been killed. This assailant was heading towards the bike path. Um, Carter actually ended up turning into the gas station to fill up and get directions. But after several minutes, he noticed that the attendant was nowhere in sight. So he got out of his car to check and he found Craig in a pool of blood. He used the payphone at the station to call the operator because 911 was not widespread in the U.S. yet. He called for help and eventually got help there. Carter's daughter ended up being able to give a pretty good description of the individual that they actually saw running across the street. And actually a composite sketch of this individual exists on the cold case website under Craig's case. So we can go ahead and throw that up in the visuals for um, if anybody's uh, watching this on YouTube. But the description of him was he was white in his late teens or early 20s, about five feet, 10 inches tall, slim to medium build. He had brown medium length hair. He was wearing a red ski jacket with a blue stripe across the chest, a dark baseball cap and jeans. So it really was pretty specific that she was able to, um, she, she was did. able she to describe. Some really good details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was 530 at night mm-hmm. in January. Right. So it's just getting darker. It, dark. it was actually dark. Yeah. So this assailant still has not been identified. Yeah. And his case still remains unsolved. I have a couple of scenarios on this. Yeah. What's up? One of the things that gets my attention is, uh, like we were talking about it earlier, he was able to enter that booth. Now, usually that booth is locked, mm-hmm. um, especially with money inside. Right. It's not a very big booth. Mm-hmm. So there's really no reason to go in and out of that booth. I can remember when we used to pay at the um, gas, gas booths, they bring a drawer out and you put your money in and then they give you your change back. Um, right. Kind of right, so- like a bank setup. Right. Yeah. Kind of like a exactly. bank setup. Yep. So how did he get into that booth? Yeah. Now, did Craig know him and let him in? Right. Um, the stab wounds to the neck. Yeah. Now, is that personal or was that just he wanted to make sure he was dead? Right. Now, I will say and bring this back a little bit, Craig didn't make it to the hospital but he later died in the hospital they they yeah he was confirmed dead at the hospital right um but like it, it's like okay he obviously stabbed him to kill him mm-hmm. 
you kind of have to question which reason. Right. Because he just didn't want to be identified. Did he wear something out of his uh, over his face? And Craig pulled it down with the struggle, and that way he could identify him. Or did Craig know him? Right. Did Craig know him, and that way he would have definitely been able to identify him. Mm-hmm. And another thing that bothers me is, you know, why. I mean, was that person there to rob the station? I mean, 5.30 at night, that's like traffic going by. That's a main yeah. road. Yeah. That is a very main road. So was he really there to rob him or rob the station? Or was he there to attack Craig? Right. Um, did their struggle get too, did Craig know him? They had a beef with each other. The struggle got too much. And whoever this assailant was decided to just stab him because he knew he had gone too far. I I don't know. I have so many scenarios about this. Um, I do. I do absolutely think that this person was local because he was on foot and he went from the station across the street down a path, a bike path. Um, So he obviously knows the area. He obviously was on foot. So, um, you know, you can't drive anything down that bike path. So he's local. Yeah. I, I, I truly believe he was local. And being a small community, the the probability that he knew Craig is is like high. Yeah, I would say I would think that it would be pretty high too. It the, the thing that struck me too as you're as you were speaking to Jane about the specifics of the scenario. So and again, we can actually throw up a visual of this as well as it exists in a couple of different articles that we were able to pull up an actual picture of the station at the time. So people can actually see how small this attendance booth actually was that he was in. So when we think of a gas station, you think of the pumps separate, you know, and then like a big store right? Where there was no big store. This was just um, a gas to explain it to everyone. This was just a gas station with pumps and a small attendance booth in it, like in between the pumps. Um, And that is where he was attacked. So yeah, because this was 1989. Right. So you didn't have debit cards to swipe at the pumps. You had to pay with cash. Mm-hmm. When you went and got gas. And I think the only thing that they sold in there was maybe cigarettes yeah. and oil. Yep. Yep. Anything that you would essentially need for your car, like right there, right? Like oil or, or, um, coolant or transmission fluid. Exactly. Or, something like that. Yeah. But, but so we'll go ahead and throw up that visual on YouTube so people can actually see what we're talking about. So that, the the piece that really gets me is that how small that area is, you know that it's secure because he's dealing with cash. So you know that he's actually locked in to that area. So how did this perpetrator actually get in to yeah. the booth? It kind of alludes me to believe that he may have known his assailant. That's you what know. I believe too. Yeah. Yeah. He may have known him. I'm very much leaning towards that. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now back to our episode. Unfortunately, his case is still remains unsolved. Yep. I, I, they don't even really have a person of interest. Yeah, it doesn't um, sound like it. The case did go to the cold case unit. Uh, they, have, they have done 
quite they have opened his case quite a bit over the years to do reviews on it. Yep. Uh, I've read that in it, several articles. An interesting thing to note, too, is that Craig's dad was actually the Greenfield police chief at the time of his son's death as well. He was the only full time police officer in Greenfield, New Hampshire, which yep. is right next to Peterborough. Peterborough. Yep. His name was Albion Skip Lane was Craig's father. It sounds like Craig's father, too, has had some meetings, you know, with the state police and the cold case units over over the course of the past, you know, few decades. It sounds like he definitely is confident, um, confident in the state police and the cold case unit. Um, but he also understands from being in law enforcement himself how you can hit roadblocks. It's hard to get around certain things. I kind of wonder um, and I hope that they're really using the the forensics that they they have available today. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a struggle, there, I would almost guess, well, in the winter, this assailant may have been wearing gloves. But, I mean, they have touched DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they, they found any DNA on his clothing or him because it was, there was a struggle. Right. You know, fingerprints. I, I'm hoping that they, which if his father, you know, his father is a, a, police, a retired police officer. Right. So I'm sure his father is making sure that they um, exhaust all leads and mm-hmm. that they're they're keeping up with the, the forensics that they have today. Yeah. And um, that and that due diligence occurred, you know, at the scene, collecting of yeah. evidence, um, that sort of thing, evident, hopefully it any evidence that was collected still exists. I hope that the the scene was processed, you know, fully. So all those advances in technology um, can be utilized now. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah. His case needs to be solved. I mean, this is over 30 years now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was he was an amazing person, like he an amazing best. kid. Some of his interests that I like was he he actually did work on a pit crew at Mananoc Speedway yeah. where I go and watch races all the time. <laughs> so I, and that's one of the reasons why I, I got a lot of the emails because a lot of people at the racetrack that knew him um, knows me. Yep. So they did a lot of them, you know, reached out to me that, that knew him from the racetrack to do his story. Nobody has ever covered this on a podcast. Not that I've actually been able to find. No, I have not been able to. I haven't been able to find that. So I'm glad we're able to get this out there. Um, So not only did he, Craig, buddy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. Not only did he work at the gas station, he also worked part time as as a teller at the Peterborough Savings Bank. Yeah. Plus went to school full time. Yeah. Plus he was a senior at Conval High. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of work. <laughs> How did he even find the time? Um, he was known for his ability to take broken things apart, fix them and put them back together to make them work. So he sound like a bit of an engineer right there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He did this with no formal training. So he was self-taught. Mm-hmm. 
his main interests were railroads, computers, which blows my mind because computers back in mm. 1989 didn't even know that back in 1989. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Titanic, I guess he, he loved the research um, and doing a lot of research on the Titanic. And he absolutely loved the Boston Red Sox and auto racing. Yeah, baby. <laughs> As for tradition, Craig and his father would attend opening day at Fenway Park every year. And he would also attend at least one Yankee versus Red Sox game. Uh, his favorite player was Carl Yostremski. I hope I said that right. I never could get pronounce yep. his name right. Yep. Most of the time, uh, people just say Yaz. So Yastrzemski, yeah. 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 He always claimed Yaz would make the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Craig got to see Yaz hit his last home run at Fenway. And ironically, on the day of his murder, Yaz was named to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The next day, their stories would share the same front page of the Keen Sentinel. Ooh. How heartbroken. Like, yeah. Like at you in the feels. But I'm sure he was um, absolutely looking down with a smile on his face. Yeah. Knowing he was on the front page with Carl Hill's Yeah. Yep. Going to the, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. His interest in auto racing got him the chance to work on a pit crew at the Monadnock Speedway in Winchester, New Hampshire. I attend Monadnock Speedway every summer. We go to all their races. Uh, the season after Craig's murder, their car and season were dedicated to in his name. Uh, the checkered flag was put on Craig's grave. Not only was he and extremely smart because I'm also reading too that he made high honors, right? So while he was working all of these different jobs, he was a high honor roll student and his with all of his interests in computers and taking things apart and putting them back together. So clear engineer right there. It also just sounds like he was an amazing person, like just Absolutely. doing things doing things because he was a great person, right? Making sure to help clean off his father's car and warm <laughs> it up cruiser. in case his cruiser <laughs> in case his father needed to leave quickly, like just thoughtful yeah. things like that. Yeah. He had, um, was it two sisters and a brother yep. and he had a pickup truck and he would often the people would often see him with his younger sister in the back eating fries from McDonald's. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I can only imagine how close he was to his, to his siblings yeah. and his family and his family, his classmate at graduation. He was, he was lovingly known to family and friends as buddy at, the graduation service that he should have shared with his friends and classmates. A friend, Sean, wrote and sang a song for him entitled Buddy. This, you know, it's all he was doing was living his life. Yeah. And, and just imagine today how much 
he could bring to society and what he could have accomplished in his life. And his life was just cut so short and so tragically. And, you know, you often ask, why him? You know, Mm -hmm. why did this happen? It's, It's just heartbreaking. And, you know, with everybody that has emailed us and everything that I have read online, he was an incredible kid. Uh, with a very, very bright future ahead of him and was liked and loved by so many people, family and friends and classmates. And, you know, I think that's uh, that resonates in all the emails that I got to do his story. I don't know. I, I should hope that one day they can solve this so he can have some justice and his family can have some justice. Of course, I don't believe in closure. Mm -hmm. It would not bring any closure, but maybe some um, peace to this family and all his friends, all his friends, because the emails that I got were from friends. It wasn't from family. It was from friends that remember him 30 years later and still think of him. And uh, this still sticks with them, Mm -hmm. um, especially that it's it's unsolved. Right. So um, I'm really glad that we got to do this story. And and hopefully someday, one day, this will be solved. If you have any information, please contact the co-case unit in Concord, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do this anonymously online. Um, he is listed on the co-case unit website uh, for New Hampshire. If you have any information, little information, if You know, years ago, you heard some chit chatter about somebody knew who possibly did this to Craig. Uh, Now's the time to come forward. Um, Any information, any anything that you may have heard, um, you know, maybe at the time you were a teenager and a classmate with with Craig and you may have heard some chit chatter as somebody talking at a party about this. Uh, come forward with that information. No little, no information is too small, and it's never too late to come with this information, because you never know. Um, you know, the the cold case unit may have evidence that nobody knows about, and all they need is that one little, one little thing for someone to come forward with that can connect with all the evidence that they have and that would solve this case. So if you know of anything, you've heard anything, any little bit of of information, please, please contact the cold case unit in Concord, New Hampshire. They have a website. Um, We will be uh, posting their phone number underneath our, our podcast notes. We'll also be putting this on um, Facebook, our Facebook page uh, with contact info to the cold case unit. And if you want to, if you feel comfortable and you want to email me privately or email, email us at Invisible Tears privately, we will absolutely keep you anonymous. Mm-hmm. If you want to, inf- you know, email us with information you may have, we will keep you anonymous unless you say otherwise, and we will pass the information on to the cold case unit. Yep. 
Absolutely. If you, if you do have other cases that are unsolved, please contact us. We'll cover them. If you don't think there's a case, if you think there's a case out there that hasn't had enough coverage, we will most definitely cover that case. We will be doing Craig's uh, story again in the future. Um, I'm going to be doing some more research and, and finding family members that um, possibly will come on to the podcast with us and give us more info that might help uh, yeah. give you guys more info that might help um, jar a memory or two. Yep. So subscribe to us. Uh, thank you very much for supporting us for those of you who do and um, have a good day. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Click into our link tree too in the episode description to find and follow us on all our social medias. And it also links to our website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current on any events that may be coming up, read more about Jane and the team, and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the contact us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15 minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.